My name is Rachel Peru and I'm a 50-year-old grey-haired curve model and I'm going to be your host for the Out of the Bubble podcast. I started a new career age 46 modelling and on social media I found so many women, inspiring and amazing women over 40 who were really embracing their midlife and helping to break down the stereotypical barriers. I really wanted to share these stories with you, so let's celebrate and firmly place a spotlight on women over 40. My weekly reminder that you are not invisible and it's never too late to try something new. Welcome back to a new week on Out of the Bubble podcast. I hope it's been a good one for you. So today I am joined by Claire Kenny. Claire Kenny describes herself as a writer, a mother and a greyhound owner living in Yorkshire. We first met at the Yorkshire Blogger Awards last year and we have the love of writing and sharing our stories and she is also a regular contributor for the fabulous 40 and Beyond magazine. If you don't already know about this magazine, I will share the links because it's so worth a read. The way that Zena and her team have created a magazine that is so relatable to the modern midlife women today. I, I just love it. Great content. So I'll leave the links for that. So Claire's a writer and she's used her writing and her blog, My 40 Plus Life, as a, as a way to document her journey through midlife from divorce to dating to all the ups and downs, the tribulations of, of going through this next chapter. And I know it's her story and the way that she tells it is something that you are all going to relate. So looking forward to talking to a fellow Yorkshire lass and grab a coffee and enjoy. So good morning. We meet again, Claire. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you doing? It's lovely to see you. And you, I've just said in the introduction that we, we met last year, didn't we, at the, at the Yorkshire Bloggers Awards, which seems like ages yeah. ago now. Uh, resplendent in white. Yes, yeah. Are you going again, actually? Are you going to go to the awards again this yeah, year? Yeah, I am. I haven't actually got around to doing very much on the back of the award in terms of any entries or asking yeah. anyone to nominate me, but I loved it, so I'll definitely yeah. be going again. It's just nice to celebrate some Yorkshire talent, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It was nice that it was all Yorkshire talent. Yeah. Um, and nice to be in a space that's almost exclusively other bloggers as well. That was yeah. really nice for me as a relatively new blogger. Yeah. So let's start at the beginning about, you know, I said in the introduction about your, your blog and the work that you've been doing, but what made you start it in the first place and tell us all about it? Well, I've been getting this niggling feeling for quite some time that there was something just not quite right, something missing in my life. Um, I'd initially, well, I, after the end of my marriage, um, I had initially, well, obviously, you know, felt very upset and sad and it was a real struggle to kind of process everything but after I got the initial kind of pain processed I thrived for quite a while you know I was I was uh, glad to be kind of a person in my own right again discovering who I was out of the marriage etc and then after a while I just thought this isn't enough I just feel a little bit flat mm. and I just couldn't figure out what it was and I think you only kind of realize that you've been on that journey in hindsight you know I've been single seven years now nearly I think I'm, I'm 46 um, and I, I did go on a bit of a, a journey. Here I am saying it again. It's very corny, isn't it? But I think you do go on a bit of a journey um, when you come out of, of any sort of long-standing phase in your life to learn about who you are as a person in, in your own right. And I look back now and I can see that I didn't even really know that much about myself. I didn't know what made me happy. I didn't know what my kind of hopes and dreams were. 
and I was kind of just treading water a little bit. So I decided to, you know, really kind of consciously focus on that. And one of the things I knew I loved and I've always loved and always will is writing. And the concept, you know, initially of sharing my innermost thoughts and experiences yes. is terrifying and, and not something I would ever have contemplated doing. But the more I went down that path of writing makes me happy, what can I do to make it more a part of my life? The more I realised that I was going to have to write about my own experiences and it was that that really switched me on and made me excited so I did it and then and from there it's you know I had like four followers on Twitter or something and I'd shared the blog and I thought well I don't know whether I'm more scared that no one will read it or more scared that people will but it's really kind of steadily grown and I'm now quite proud because I think what I'm doing I think I've really got comfortable with who I am as a blogger I'm trying to be a bit of an antidote to all of this posturing showing off jostling for status that we see on social media by figureheads and I think it's all very toxic so I try to make my content uh, more relatable more real and more soothing for people why on earth would you go on social media only to be to feel like crap because Mm. someone else has got a you know massive balloon arch every time someone farts you hire a balloon arch or you have these obscene (laughs) flower arrangements for no reason and it all feels really empty and superficial to me so I wanted to do something to balance that out yeah and that's what I love about you Claire that's what I love about the way you write you are so relatable and you are keeping it real and you are sharing sharing from the heart and I think that comes across in your writing and there is that there is a vulnerability in that isn't there but what kind of response did you get from other women I'm, well, increasingly, now that it's growing and more mm. people are seeing, I'm getting more responses. You know, at first, my first blog, I just got my mates and my mum messaging me saying, well done, Claire, this is brilliant, which yeah. is obviously wonderful. But I think if you're, if there's anything that you love doing, truly, you want to share it with other people. Yeah. So I'm now getting messages from, you know, people all over the world message. I'm not saying I get thousands of messages. I really don't. But I do get contacts from people diverse people you know people all over the world just to say thank you for putting something into words that I couldn't necessarily articulate myself so that's the reward I get for making myself feel extremely uncomfortable um, on many occasions but I think when I do feel the most uncomfortable and the most vulnerable is definitely when I get the best responses from people yeah and that's something that I'm really passionate about with with the, the podcast is we all have these stories to share and to tell and, and it, it takes bravery to do that but you can help somebody else out by somebody else reading your blog post on the particular subject that they're having a bad day they can relate to your story they think actually I'm not alone other women go through this can help people so much can't it yeah massively yeah and and not everyone is in a position where they feel they can tell their story. Yeah, as, as I say, when, when you go to places that make you feel uncomfortable, it's like I had a conversation with my sister last weekend about going out on my own, which is something I did last Saturday. And I was sat in this auditorium thinking, are you an absolute loser or are you doing something that's quite exciting? I wasn't even going to tell my mum and my sister and we're all best friends. I was just going to keep it to myself because I couldn't bear the thought of them thinking, oh, Claire, don't go out on your own. And I didn't I didn't want to put that across. So I thought the next day, should I actually share this? Or is it a bit embarrassing? 
and I did it and and that's the best response to a piece of writing that I've ever got since I started because because we we we're kind of taught aren't we from an early age that you to do things like that it's almost like a shame that we have to you know that we should be embarrassed about wanting to do things on our own and actually it can be really liberating and give you a new sense of freedom to learn to sit comfortably with yourself enough to be confident to go out on your own yeah absolutely yeah and um I mean it's not that I can't it's not that I don't have I guess people to do things with either yeah. it's just I wanted to do something different mm. you know a lot of my friends and my family and I'm very I'm I socialize with my family more than I do my friends they're all kind of in couples they've got no interest really in going out when it's snowing and mm. and blowing a gale force wind um when they're all kind of settled they're in a different space than I am yeah uh, whereas I still feel like I'm kind of looking to do new things and discover new things probably because I haven't settled down um so I just thought well I'll just give it a go I'll just do something and it's not the first time I've done anything on my own of course Mm. but it's the first time I've gone out on a Saturday night on my own yeah well Mm. done you and what so that (laughs) hopefully that that sparks more off because why should we wait for other people Mm. when we want to do something that's the thing isn't it we we can take control of our lives like that can't we can and it's like somebody somebody's comment um, on Facebook really struck a chord with me and she said if we wait for someone else to do something with we will miss out on life it'll pass us by and it really resonated with me Um, and I thought yeah you know I could be single well I could be single forever or I could be single for another year or two am I just gonna sit at home every time I fancy doing something just because there's nobody there to do it with on a Saturday night no I'm not yeah. love it keep no, going and, you know and talk about being single you 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 have been open about kind of dating experiences and, and sharing that on your blog as well so how how have you found that whole experience because I know last week I, I talked to Lisa who shared about going through divorce and she found somebody later on but we never really touched on the fact that what's it actually like to go out dating in midlife especially when you've been in a long-term relationship you've got to start all over again it's different isn't it it's I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna paint a glossy picture of this at all. For me, I didn't have a great experience using apps in particular, mm. and I'm, yeah, it's not something I will ever go back to doing apps. I'm not averse to dating at mm. all, but I can't cope with the anxiety of going to meet someone I've never met before. You know, what are they going to be like? What are they going? Are they going to look anything like the photo? And that sounds quite shallow, but attraction is important. So yeah, I had. Don't get me wrong. I met some very nice people when I was online dating for a good few years on and off. But I also met some not so nice people, and it just didn't bring anything to my life at all. And I, I can see now in hindsight, I was using it to fill, another, again, a gap that I didn't know what was missing. But I assumed it was relationship shaped and it isn't. It's good to get to that place, isn't it? And it's interesting because I had the opposite experience. I was on Match.com and I actually met my husband, Mark, through that. So I I got divorced at 40 and had a couple of years of of single life and disastrous dates. And, and, you know, Mm. and I do completely relate to the fact that people are so... They're not upfront on a lot of these dating apps. And that's Mm. that's the worry. You know, I had an experience where somebody somebody's profile picture didn't look anything like the, the picture they sent me the day before I was meant to meet them so that was a red flag and I'll see you later thank you <laughs> but on the flip side of that I did meet Mark after some conversations but I came off and we talked on Facebook for six months before we actually met in person so it was a kind of long yeah. week our friendship grew that way mm-hmm. so it's interesting to hear different people's experiences and I think there is 
it, it, it's a lot to navigate, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, and I, and I think when I came out of my marriage, and I dare say this is the same for a lot of other women in their 40s, I was spectacularly naive. My uh, ex-husband would never, ever have played mind games or been manipulative and it never, it genuinely just didn't occur to me. I honestly thought, right, I've kind of grieved for the end of my marriage. I'm ready now. I'm going to meet someone lovely and skip off into the sunset. That was so naive. And I, I also didn't understand the concept of chemistry. It's something that I completely took for granted. And I didn't realise how vitally important chemistry is and how elusive it is as well. Yeah. And if you don't have that, there's absolutely, I know it's not everything, but there's no point in building a relationship with no chemistry. Otherwise, it's just a friendship, surely. Yeah. But equally, how exciting is it that you've had this time in your life to explore yourself? Because you see, you, yeah. you, you know, you say now that this decade has been your time to find out who you are and really embrace and own that. Yeah, definitely. It's been a really powerful time in my life. I think. I suppose when you, before your 40s, you focused on maybe quite sort of, you're in the moment with, you know, bringing up younger children. You know, I've still got, I've got a daughter now, obviously. Mm. I think when you, when they're young and really dependent on you, you're totally wrapped up in the day-to-day and the present. Yeah. Whereas I think as life goes on, maybe your children get a little bit older or you get a little bit older. You've just got more time to step back and reflect on things. And that's how I've spent my 40s. And I always think to myself, maybe I'm 46 now. It may be quite nice. I don't really mind if I'm single like for the rest of my 40s mm. and I maybe meet someone when I'm 50 or onwards because yeah. I just imagine what I could have done with my life in that time and how much more I'll grow. And that's quite exciting that I will perhaps be coming at relationships and love from a much healthier place than I have in the past. And then I think you attract someone on that same vibration or wavelength as you. Whereas when I came at it fresh, not fresh from my marriage, because it was at least, I think it was about 18 months after my marriage ended that I started trying Mm. to find someone. And I came from it, I came at it from such a place of desperation that just never I need a partner in order to carry on with my life and get yeah. that box that's not a healthy way to approach love no you're never but it's, going to attract the wrong people but it's very difficult to fall it's not it's hard not to fall into that trap and so many people listening to this I can imagine will relate to it because you're usually surrounded by friends that you've had for a long time that are all in couples and so you become kind of alienated and there's always that need to fit into society, isn't there? And that's the hard bit to really try and push past, I think. Definitely. And it's painful and it takes work. I know it sounds probably quite cheesy, but I, I really had to work on being comfortable as a single woman. You know, I had to, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to get out of this mindset of unless I'm a part of a couple, I'm not winning at life. You know, yeah. I'm kind of failing in some way. And it's quite a hard, and that was clearly baked in to me. You know, I'm not sure why. It really used to bother me and upset me. And it took a lot of hard work to shift it. And I'm quite proud of the fact that I can now genuinely say, I love my life. And it doesn't kind of matter if I meet anyone or or not. I would like, I think most people would like to experience you know that that real love but I'm not in a rush yeah and I think I got to that stage and I thought well actually if I do meet somebody now that's like the cherry on top of the cake yeah you build yourself and your life up don't you and then it's just an enhancement rather than the basis of 
yeah. of your life. How long were you single for then? Before um, you a couple of years. Yeah, I was probably single for two, yeah. two years. And then I met Mark, but Mark was in London and I was in Yorkshire with, with right. three young kids. So kind of logistically, it was like, you know, how is this ever going to work? So, yeah, so we had lots of traveling backwards and forwards from London to, to Yorkshire for a couple of years. But you made it work. Exactly. Yeah. It did work, doesn't it? You just yeah. make it work. And actually, yeah. when I look back now, that that period of time when we did still have more space to, to learn to get to know each other more without being in each other's faces and on each other's doorstep was actually really healthy. Yes. I, I think now, I, I think, you know, if I did meet someone and it was a whirlwind, it might be a bit overwhelming for me because I'm just used to it being me or me and my daughter yeah. and the dog. <laughs> and it's quite a transition, isn't it, to welcome someone yeah. back into your home when you've got everything just as you want it. So how, what sort of things have you done to get to where you are now? What are the, some of the things that have really helped you grow the most, do you think? So I think social media, although I spend a lot of time sort of disparaging it in my writing, um, was actually very helpful because I thought, right, what's one of the first easy things I can do to sort of change my thought process and change the kind of victimhood that I seem to have placed myself in? Yeah. So I built this community around me on social media, particularly on Instagram, of other single women, maybe famous women, you know, extremely high profile um, and other normal women who I still interact with now. Yeah. So it normalised that kind of independent life that I was living rather than I think before when I, I kind of didn't consciously think about it, it was just taken for granted that all the content I was accessing or the, in real life and digital life was people who were coupled up. Mm. Um, so that was one of the first things I did. And I also did some reading. So of course, I've now promptly forgotten all of the reading I've done, maybe follow up with a, a few. So I've read not that much, you know, I don't sit and constantly read how to be on your own, you know, and win at life or whatever. But there's a few books that were quite transformative for me by women who had been single for a long time and perhaps gone on to meet someone. But that wasn't the point. It was just about how they, their philosophy on being independent and being single for a long time and that was very soothing to me. The other thing I did was write, and, and writing is the way I process things. And, and sometimes I can write a blog, and this sounds, I mean, I, sometimes I think before I publish things, people are going to think I'm absolutely insane. But I'll say it anyway, because it's true. I can sit and write a blog, and I can cry while I'm writing it. Mm. Um, you know, and, it, and I think this is actually good, because it's therapy. I can also sit and laugh my head off when I'm writing things as well. Yeah. And it gets it all out. It processes and crystallizes how you're feeling and experiencing something. And I've written uh, several blogs on being single, dating. That was a funnier one. Single one was a bit more kind of deep and meaningful uh valentine's day as a single woman yeah that's just i i, I did a post about that because I, I have an issue with valentine's day because i just think it's it's just it's a made-up day for for the commercial purposes only but the pressure it puts on other people in society that don't fit into that perfect scenario it's just unrealistic and it's unfair and I do think it's really damaging actually I don't like it at all well I mean I've got mixed feelings on it because when I wrote about it originally uh, it made me realize it was a hugely helpful process to go through writing my blog on on Valentine's Day as a single woman and it actually made me realize that we, we're conditioned into thinking it's them and us, you know, mm. so them is the people 
sat in a French bistro holding hands over a souffle or whatever. And us is us sad artists sat at home watching a box set. But it's not, it's not as black and white as that. You know, there are so many different variations when it comes to the way we view relationships. So there's people who may have found that wonderful love and their partners may have unfortunately, you know, yeah. passed away. Or there's people who are in relationships who really don't want to be in them anymore and yeah. they feel trapped. People in abusive relationships, people who choose to be single. So there's so many different, and that was quite comforting to come to that realisation because mm. I think I'd felt I had vi- victimised, felt like a victim for quite a long, such a long time about yeah. it. Forgotten and just kind of saw it in a very black and white way. And I think this year, particularly, seeing Valentine's Day as a real tool for local businesses to get uh, get hospitality. Sorry, the dog's very it's noisy. Right. <laughs> for local restaurants, etc., and, and florists to get some money back in the coffers, which is a really good thing. And I also loved seeing my favourite restaurant do Galentine's Day as well. Yes, I like that. Yeah, yeah. So I've got feelings about it but I do get that it makes you feel really crappy if you let it maybe it should just be a general love day so then we can share love to everybody and it's not just maybe that's the direction it'll go to maybe who knows yeah we'll see <laughs> so have you got kind of goals now that you've you've set yourself for this next chapter what what have you would you like to achieve yeah so I definitely I feel I believe very strongly in something that I call following your breadcrumbs don't know if you've heard of it yes yeah when you something in you is telling you that you're on the right track with something and I'm feeling so strongly with my writing and you know sharing I guess sharing elements of of my life with people so I want to just continue on that track and see where that takes me because it seems to be you know this recipe of being honest and vulnerable and at the age I'm at and a single woman seems to be very relevant so I'm going to continue with that. And also I'm writing a book as well. Oh, brilliant. Uh, yeah, so I work full time. Uh, I'm, so I'm quite busy, but I'm also writing a book and that's in partnership with a, uh, a social media group called Running at 40 Plus. Right. And that it's a kind of a refuge, I suppose, and a community for 40 plus runners who've used running to, to get themselves through some sort of trauma or negative experience and the book is a compilation of their stories. And I'll, oh, I'll be, but yeah, so it's anything from bereavement, addiction, through to loneliness, mental health issues. So that's quite an exciting project. Because um, running's and, and, been a big part of your journey, hasn't it? Running has really been something that you've really enjoyed doing. Yeah, and going back to when I um, first kind of realised that I didn't actually know what made me happy, what I enjoyed doing what my dreams were I had to really think surprised me actually how hard I had to think about what I enjoyed and I knew I mean god who enjoys running but I get something out of it so I thought right I'll pursue that I'm not just going to keep running on my own running badly not running far enough because I'm lazy on my own so I joined a running club and that's been really transformative for me as well you know it's um I've met some lovely people. It's given me a real kind of focus throughout my week and a real sense of being plugged into something. So I do the park run, for example, on Saturday. Um, I might run it or sometimes I'll volunteer and be a marshal. Just get so much out of it. And I've met some lovely people doing it. So, yeah, it's it's helped me on a kind of physical level because I've gained a, a significant amount of weight when I was 
still married and, and quite unhappy. Mm. Um, and it's helped me lose a lot of weight and stay healthy, really. So is the things that you've tried, because obviously you've got to keep an open mind when you're trying to discover what really makes you tick. Mm. Have there been some things that you've discovered that you really don't like doing that you've tried and just thought, actually, no, that's just not for me at all? Ooh, that's such a good question. Well, dating was one. <laughs> I'll have to say if you know what the person you know looks yeah. like and you know that is reasonably you know yeah. nice person. But online dating, yeah, that mm. was one thing that didn't work out at all. What else did I try that that I wasn't? I mean, I'm not. Oh, I joined a gym, and and that was good for what for what I needed it to be. So I joined a gym just straight after my marriage ended, and I was still actually uh, living with with my ex husband. We were in different bedrooms etc and I just needed a bit of a focus to help me get out of the house and, and focus on something else and that really did serve a wonderful purpose at the time um, and it helped me get from gosh well, I think back now the, the this kind of very overweight very unhealthy very unconfident person that I was mm. to someone now who can exercise you know well respectably I'm still crap at running and I'm <laughs> so am I but <laughs> necessary evil but I can have my own now when it comes to physical activity yeah uh, but I remember my show round and it's something I, I wrote about ages ago actually my first show round at the gym literally didn't even occur to me to buy the right kit to go in so I had a normal bra on which is a challenge to work out when you've got yes the size of mine yeah normal not even a sports bra I wear two sports bras now mm. I had leggings on that were like baggy and not even sports leggings dirty trainers I don't know what I was thinking my ex-husband's old t-shirt because we were still living together so I just grabbed one of his because I felt embarrassed about yeah. my figure and uh, I just I, I walked in there and just felt immediately like um, a, a complete imposter and I can't I can't do this what am I doing here and I, and I for quite some time after that I would turn up in this completely inadequate kit I don't must have thought and it just took me ages to realize actually you're worthy of investing in yourself yes yeah that was going to be my next question are you comfortable now being able to recognize that you deserve to to spend the money on yourself because it's a hard habit to break isn't it yes it is I'm more comfortable than ever with it now but I still see hangovers from those days like I remember my sister goes mad with me I, I went running uh, in the rain last summer and uh, it hadn't occurred to me and it's not like I'm martyring myself going oh I can't afford the right kit or I don't I don't deserve it you know I, I went running I just genuinely didn't think that it was essential so I went running in the rain with uh, no running jacket so I just had a hoodie on tied around my waist because was, it was boiling and uh, I had my phone and my car keys in a doggy poo bag <laughs> one of his poo bags and I was running along with this bag swinging and my run leader what what are you doing why have you not got a running belt and I kind of said, what, what's a running belt? I just didn't think. She gave me her running belt. She didn't have this. Mm. And uh, it transfor transformed, <clears throat> excuse me, the way I run now. Yeah. So I can put my stuff in her pocket and feel like a proper runner. And just for so many years, I just cheated myself out of investing in myself. And there's some yeah. things you have to invest in, you know, like the right kit. And you yeah. deserve to have to work out well and have a bit of sparkle in your workout if that's what you want yeah it's just fascinating how it genuinely never occurred to me that I needed the right gear to work out in 
or indeed I should have a hobby you know that required a little bit of investment crazy yeah no it is and I think that's that that's something that I really discovered through the lingerie you know I never used to I was always bottom of the list and would feel guilty at thinking I was going to spend money on myself and then when I did get divorced I treated myself every month to a new set of lingerie and it just psychologically it just changed something in me and just made me realize actually I am I can I can do this and I deserve to do it and I don't, and it's dropping that guilt. Women have so much guilt put on them in society. It's just over generations. It's just piled on us, isn't it? Yeah, and I don't think it's necessarily the same for men because they're the ones with the hobbies, which mm. is great and it, it's wonderful. And a lot of women are happy, you know, being at home and that's maybe that's what they enjoy doing. But I think as a single woman you don't necessarily want to be holed up at home all the time and you need you know you need something for you especially if your children or your child are going to stay with the your co-parent and so they're going to stay with their other parent but the weekends or regularly what are you going to do you know just sit on your own in the house all the time yeah it's definitely it's definitely a mixture of societal guilt and guilt and, um, and pressure I just put on myself that I wasn't worth investing in and I'm not sure if that's why I gained so much weight when I was you know at the tail end of of my marriage because I just didn't think I was worthy of subconsciously Mm. of having a nice figure and being happy with with the way that I looked I really don't know Mm. if you could go back now to tell yourself one piece of advice at the beginning of this journey when you got divorced what would it be do you think I'm I'm really not sure and the reason I say that is because for me the journey that I've been on this breadcrumb thing following the breadcrumbs the answers only reveal themselves to you very very slowly and Mm. I think when you're ready to receive them so a lot of the things that I've done you know in the last year or so would never have occurred to me to do before that and I quite like the way that things have unfolded for me at at the right pace so I would obviously always say to myself be kind to yourself stop feeling so guilty about everything and pursue your dreams but that's hard to do when you don't know what your dreams are so I kind of feel like everything's probably happened as it should even though it was a hard journey at at first things kind of seem to be getting better and better the more confident I become and the more knowledgeable about I am about what I need to make me happy and and make my life successful I suppose yeah that makes perfect sense and I know that you and I have both written for Zenat's fabulous 40 and beyond magazine which I'm a huge fan of because I just think she has really created something that represents modern midlife women as they are Mm -hmm. instead of a lot of the magazines that I feel lacked something how do you feel about the way that midlife women are represented in society now by the media and advertising do you think we're getting better yes I definitely think we're getting better however I think there's a big gap between kind of younger women who are kind of very beautiful aesthetically gorgeous and then you go to your kind of Helen Mirren's your Judy Denton's who are like yes you are amazing and still so beautiful but what's in between? So I think that's a gap that needs to be filled. And I agree. I think um, 14 Beyond magazine is, is doing that incredibly well. I also hate the way that we pit women against each other. Yeah. So there's this assumption that two women working in a professional capacity will automatically either be best buddies or hate each other. 
why can't you just be working alongside each other you know why do you have to be pigeonholed into a certain kind of type of relationship and I also don't like the way women are treated uh, and scrutinized for you know from their bodies um, and that whole kind of trashy magazine culture that picks women apart as they're getting older particularly but it's even worse for younger women yeah um based on the fact that you might have a bit of cellulite or you know you might perhaps be a few pounds heavier than someone else dictates is the perfect body that's not good that's not good at all I think what we're seeing now is women like Zena I guess owning that and trying to flip the script a little bit yeah Um, good to be a part of that movement yeah it really is and it does feel like a midlife movement at the moment it does feel like people are coming together on social media collaborations like you and I doing today it does feel like people are really opening up the conversation which has got to be a good thing hasn't it yeah absolutely yeah and there's so much to talk about at this age as well um you know there's a lot to talk about at any age but I'm not sure if people are uh, ready or brave enough kind of before they reach the 40s to kind of just open the life up to to anyone or to the kind of open market I think when you get to your 40s and beyond you're more resilient to tell your story and uh, the life skills to deal with the fallout of that I guess well I look forward to watching the rest of your journey and reading your blogs from your late 40s to your 50s Claire I'm really looking forward to seeing how it progresses so thank you for being so honest in them because I do think it's important that we keep things real on, on the internet and for women to access you know relatable stories it's so important my last four questions that I ask all my guests are the same so if you have one book that's inspired you what would it be Oh, wow. Okay. That is really, really difficult to answer. I read a lot, but I read um, anything from kind of romantic, crappy, you know, not yeah. not literature at all, novels, through to factual things. So I will really struggle to answer that. There was a book, oh, there was a book called No One Tells You This. I can't remember the author's name, but I'll, I'll be able yeah. to follow up with it. And I found that to be quite uh, revelatory and, and as I've said, as I said before, very comforting and validating. So I'd recommend that one, particularly for women, you know, like me, who found themselves to be single, uh, you know, for any length of time, really, and, and want to feel more empowered rather yeah. than how society makes us feel. So yeah. that's probably that one. Fabulous. And what about a piece of music or a song that's always motivated you? Have you always had a, go- a go-to song in the last few years? Yeah, the reason I'm laughing is because I just think about my family um, and parties, that's, which will always end up with me uh, singing extremely badly to Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston and Boys to Men. I'm obsessed with the big ballads and the big soul singers. Um, and I genuinely believe that I can sing like them when I've had a few glasses of Pino. <laughs> Fabulous. I've got an awful, awful singing voice. So probably I do like a bit of Mariah and I love right. Whitney Houston and the parallels, you know, of every woman's life who goes through struggle, they just capture it so well. Yeah. So anything by them. Right, brilliant. I shall add that to the list. And what about who inspires you? Who inspires me? My sister inspires me a lot. She has uh, been through her own struggles, as we all do, and she is now a very successful businesswoman. She's also a lovely, generous person. She's just one of those people who you think, yeah, you've really got your shit together. 
So, yeah. but, but also more broadly, my mum, I don't know, sound like the Waltons, but my mum and my dad, you know, my parents are hugely inspiring to me. Mm-hmm. And their relationship is inspiring to me as well because they've been together like a million years yeah. and they've got that chemistry and they're happy. And uh, I think that's what I aspire to and that's what I'm happy to work for. Yeah, that's lovely. One thing I was going to ask you is, is because a lot of people, a lot of women don't do things because they're worried about what other people close to them will think. So not the stranger in the street, but the family, their friends. So when you first started the blog, and obviously you were sharing your vulnerabilities in the real life situation, what was the kind of response? Were you worried about those? No, not, I wasn't worried about my family for, for a second. They've always been mega supportive because mm. they know that how much I love doing it. I, I worry more, and I've, again, really tried to work on this. I worry more about like, people who know me but don't know me. Yes, you know I, mean. yeah, I can completely relate to that one. And I really try and sort of say, no, you know, bugger it. I, I live my life and what people think is none of my business, which is, I think is true. But no, I was never worried about, certainly with the blogging, what, what anyone close to me thought, because they've all been a million percent supportive. Yeah, I can relate to that I, because I grew up in a, in a small town. I lived there all my life. And it was it was the fear of what people, like you say, that think they know you but don't know you. It was it yeah. was more what are they going to think about me and what are they yeah. going to say about me. And then I thought, actually, that's ridiculous because I don't actually care what these people think about me. It's not my place to worry about that. So you've got to just push past it. And as you get more and more engagement and you, you're kind of uh, on a much bigger platform, you do stop worrying about that. Because yeah. when you're in the early stage, it's, it's uncomfortable because you know that your followers are largely made up of people who do fall into, you know, people yeah. who know you from saying hello in the street or whatever. But as you kind of grow, you, you stop worrying about that because you know you're kind of talking to a much more diverse and, and larger platform, I think. Yeah. And my last question I ask all my guests, if you could pay yourself one compliment, what would it be? I would say that I'm quite brave. Yeah, I think I've been through some huge life challenges and so has everyone else. I'm nothing special. But I've survived and um, I want to help other people survive too. Survived and thriving, Claire. That's what I love to see. Yeah, let's hope so. I'm finding a wooden surface to touch, yes. (laughs) (laughs) How can people find out about you and read your blogs? So uh, the best place to go, I guess, is Facebook or Instagram. So my handle is uh, my40plusLife.me. 40, the number, plus the word. Yeah, and that's, that's kind of got my links to my website in there and I post very regularly but that they're the best places to go really Brilliant. well I shall share all the links on the show notes afterwards it's been an absolute pleasure to connect again and I hope we do I hope I'll pass across again soon yeah likewise it'd be love to talk, lovely to talk to you again definitely yeah. thank you Claire and thanks for keeping it real no worries same to you take care <laughs> see you later see you Well, I really enjoyed talking to Claire today. Another great conversation on the podcast. And are you comfortable doing things on your own? Whether you are single or whether you're in a relationship, how comfortable are you are going out for dinner on your own or going out for a coffee? It's something that I never had to do until I was in my 40s. And obviously with this line of work, I'm traveling a lot more on my own. So I now stay in hotels really comfortably on my own and go out for dinner. I actually enjoy it. I like to people watch. I like to read a book. I just like to take that time out. You know, I think it's once you get 
get to that place where you realize you don't have to wait for somebody else to take yourself off and do something that you really want to do i think it's really freeing so how confident are you at doing that and talking of confidence i'm so excited to get the out of the bubble live events going after waiting so long during the pandemic it's something i've been wanting to do since i created the brand so my first live event is happening on may the 18th it's a body confidence group lingerie shoot so there'll be maximum of 10 women and you will join me at chic studios in sheffield for a full day of lingerie shooting so we will have a body confidence boosting breakfast chats and then you will have professional hair and makeup and you will have a 20 to 30 minute session doing your own mini boudoir lingerie shoot and we will create a group over group shoot so it'll be women over 40 celebrating their gorgeous bodies all shapes and sizes in lingerie and showing up just as they are and I really am so excited about this it'll be a really empowering day and I know that the people will leave with a bag full of confidence if you would like to know more information please go check out my website rachelperu.co.uk look on the events page and all the details are there but I would love to see anybody that would like to come Perhaps you've always wanted to do a lingerie shoot, but you've been too scared to try. Well, maybe now is the time to do it because I can quite literally hold your hand throughout the whole day if necessary. And I'm looking forward to sharing what I've learned as a professional lingerie model with you all on the day. So that's happening on May the 18th at Chic Studios in Sheffield. And go look on my website for more details. But I'm looking forward to seeing everyone there. So that's it for me this week. I will be back next week with more inspiration. But in the meantime, keep being fabulous thank you for listening to the outer bubble podcast i hope it's left you feeling inspired if it has why not come and join our fabulous group of women in the free step out of the bubble facebook group where you can get to connect with other women all at different stages of their midlife journey supporting and inspiring one another you can also come and say hello on instagram at rachel peru one i'd love to know how you intend or how you are already stepping out of your bubble in 2022 and don't forget if you're loving the podcast don't forget to subscribe rate and review. Your support is much appreciated. Until next time, keep being fabulous.